What's up, guys? Paleo Hackers. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. Listen, I like to open these things up um, with a more mindset-oriented, personal development kind of lessons I've learned, tips, whatever, lifestyle coaching. I've worked with tons of people, uh, just under 100 over the past two, three years um, in coaching with them and, and working with them. And I've noticed severe trends. And a lot of the times they want the body, they want the health, but more so they have things that aren't necessarily related to the food you're putting in your body or the exercise you're outputting or the environment you're in. It's more mental. It's more relational. It's more life oriented. So I like to start the podcast off with kind of one of those before we even start listening to what the experts have to say in terms of the health sphere. Um, It's all together. I mean, really, you guys know this. I'm preaching to the choir in the holistic health sphere. So anyway, this is an audio snippet about who you hang around. I won't give it all away, but this is about a three or four minute audio segment from one of my YouTube videos that I did. I don't know, probably three, four months ago, something like that. Um, It's over there. If you like it, go ahead and find all the videos. I think I got 200 videos on the youtube.com slash Clark Danger Fitness. Um, And that's where you can find them all. So here it is. I'll see you when it's back. I've put this in other videos. And it's an old saying that if you read any personal development book, watch any video, watch any motivational speaker, they will tell you this one quote and then they'll give their rant on it. So here's mine. You are the average of the top five people you hang around most. Think about it for a minute. If you spend your time around five people who are super fit, super healthy, going places, they go to the gym every day, they drink their kale smoothies, uh, they have a great diet, don't you think that you're probably gonna have a better diet and go to the gym more often and do more things that are healthy? Yeah, you probably are. If you spend your time around five people who are uh, who gossip all the time and who go out binge drinking every night and who are fine talking about you know politics and the news every day, don't you think you're probably gonna spend more time in that negative, uh, constru- destructive mindset of oh my gosh, this is the conversations you're gonna have. You are the average of the top five people you hang around most. So how do you surround yourself then with people who are elevating you rather than compressing you, rather than dragging you down? Who are people that can push you up rather than pull you back? That's where we need to go. So for me, I've always struggled with this because in my life, if I'm honest, I I don't have necessarily the hardcore five groups of five uh, men in my life that really elevate me to the next level. Um, that I'm that I'm around all the time, and that'll push me to a extreme new heights that I haven't been around. Like I don't hang around millionaires um, who make tons and tons of money, so I can make more money. So what I found really beneficial, guys, is to surround myself actively, surround myself with videos, with podcasts, with books, with seminars, with talks. Uh, it doesn't matter. Actively surround yourself with your top five being influences that you want in your life that make you better. So every day, my suggestion to you, what's really worked for me since I struggled with this, is to find one thing a day that elevates you to the top five that are pulling you up. Because it's so easy to find the negativity. I mean, before this, this is ridiculous. I was 
for some reason, I was watching Justin Bieber's, I think it's the deposition, they call it, where he's just, like, giving all this attitude to the judge who's, like, uh, having this whole court case with him, and it was on TMZ or something like that, and I was just sitting there, like, why the hell am I watching this? This is completely stupid. And, of course, then Katy Perry, Russell Brand, pop culture shit started popping up, so I started looking at that, too. And I just realized how much time I wasted surrounding myself with thing with people I'll never meet, with things that'll never matter, um, with people who are depressing, really. And so you then step out of that for a minute and try and surround yourself with videos, podcasts, lectures, speakers, books that are elevating you. And that's really how you get the drive and the motivation to do what you want to do. Your best insights come from reading a book or come from when someone's talking or or it's kind of a wake-up call and you get to be reminded of what you need to start doing. Chances are it doesn't happen when you're watching the news or uh, gossiping or listening to Justin Bieber's deposition or whatever, right? So surround yourself with five things, five people, five resources, whatever. Try and do one a day that elevates you. You'll realize that your life will really start to turn around for the better. Stop settling, start living. Later, guys. You are the average of the top five people you hang around. So important. You know, I was going through that and um, reminding myself of everything I talk about, right? I am my own worst practicer of what I preach. And I've been, I've really realized that over the past three months that I've been saying all these things on these podcasts and in my videos and on my blog. And sometimes I don't practice them. And that's such a wake-up call. It's like the things I talk about most are the things I'm letting go, like cutting gluten out or cutting dairy out, you know, bringing home the Ben and Jerry's at night or something like that. Um, so if you find yourself doing that, I mean, you're not alone at all by any means. It's something I don't want to come off as like I'm perfect or that I have it all together just because I talk about this stuff all day on podcasts. I, I don't. I still struggle with a lot of it, but I think it's helpful to kind of put a reality check on it and just remind yourself and get back on track. It doesn't matter how many left turns you take as long as you get back on the main road and you start heading towards your destination. So average of the top five people you hang around, man, that is so important and something I definitely need to get back on. I need to start surrounding myself with uh, the one thing a day, you know, the, the podcast, the books, the blogs, the coaching sessions all that stuff that really makes a positive impact in your life and turns it around for the better. So here is your one thing a day. I'm going to give you a call, a whole hour long call with uh, Chad and Brenda. And it was a really good one. We did it about a month ago, enjoyed what came out of it. So I hope you do as well. Uh, Clark at paleohacks.com. If you want to get a hold of me, email me feedback or questions, anything like that. I always respond. And if for some freak reason I didn't, just resend it. Uh, I get a lot of them. So you can imagine that's a job in itself. Enough chit chat. You guys ready for the show? Ready for you to hear it. Let's go see what Chad and Brenda have to say. Paleo Hackers, with me is the self-proclaimed power couple, Chad and Brenda, both doctors of physical therapy, co-authors of the Paleo Secrets, and they got a little new book coming out, 
little something something called the sitting solution. So Chad, Brenda, welcome to my little show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Clark. It's good to be here. What have you two been up to? Uh, just looks like working on the sitting solution recently. That taken up most of the time. Yeah, definitely. We've been working on that book for uh, like eight months now. We spoke at the Paleo FX conference uh-huh. and uh, just kind of you know an overview of this topic uh, based on some things we've we've known for a while as physical therapists and coaches and got really good feedback on it. And then after that, we we just got really motivated to start upgrading kind of some information on that. And and one thing led to another. And then like eight months later, we're just like turning into a book. Yeah. So it sort of just happened. And, and uh, it's what we've been focusing on for the past, yeah, like eight months. That's that's what we've been up to. Yeah. And still, we're also treating patients and, and uh, doing a little physical therapy work and sure. whatnot. So. Yeah. So you probably got tired of answering the same um, questions over and over again. So now you put it into a book and here you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. just, just refer on. Yeah. <laughs> More so than that. I'm sure it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure you saw with the paleo secret that writing books and products are a great way to reach the masses with this exactly. kind of information. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And that's, that's kind of our biggest, our intention behind this is to sort of help impact a uh, larger change yeah. you know, and all that. So, cause you two had a good response from the paleo secret. It looks like. Yeah, yes. it got a lot of traction. We uh, we started that like three years ago, and it's just a little a little blog that I don't know. We were just writing about food and health and nutrition, and a little yeah. bit about our story and how we've we've kind of had some health issues in the past. So we wanted to share that experience of what, what whole food has done for us and how you know we see it affecting healthcare, um, and it it got really good uh, results. So we're we're happy to touch a lot of people with that. Now- right. Now, how uh, widespread is kind of a more holistic approach in the PT sphere? I'm sure you know in the the traditional medical sphere, maybe it's it's on the rise and it, maybe it's not as big. But I'd imagine with physical therapy, it's at least got some uh, support. Or is that a misconception? You, you would think so, yeah. but um, you know, unfortunately, you know, in the in the clinical our clinical practice. Um, you know, we are coming in as physical therapists trying to treat especially people with chronic pain or various pain conditions. And what we know um, as practitioners is that, you know, it's not just about the musculoskeletal system. It's about a holistic, you know, if you're trying to get out of chronic pain, it has to do with what you're eating, you know, how you're sleeping, how you're thinking, all of these things. And, you know, we we try to touch on some of these things, and you know, a couple of times we have gotten slapped on the wrist a bit um, about broaching topics like nutrition that are quote unquote outside of the scope of our practice, um, which is kind of unfortunate because we're trying to treat this patient and give them the best advice and information possible, and so unfortunately, it's been sort of challenging, and we really feel like you know, doing things like the paleo secret and, and getting more on the preventative side of healthcare is really what we want to do instead of kind of being uh, confined to the current conventional system that we're in. So it's sort of been challenging. Actually. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure um, there's at least some pushback no matter where you are in terms of, of health to uh, the changing ideas can put people at, at, sometimes either ends and and they see the other person as wrong or right and uh uh the cult like mentality to hold on to the new the old um ways can be more prevalent in some areas and i think healthcare just seems to be one of those man for whatever reason right. 
just seems to spark a lot of fires. Um, yeah. 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 It's uh, it's so. I mean, it's a system, right? Like everything from like the way we're brought up, watching the shows that this is how the medical system looks and like these kind of specific roles that we have. Like if you have a skin problem, you go see the skin doctor. You have an eye problem, you go see the eye doctor. You know, if you have a gut problem, you go see the, the gastrointestinal doctor. There's all these specialties. But like what we're learning now is that the cause of all these problems come more from the environment. Yeah. And we've kind of in that in that role playing, we sort of lost the ability to step back and become aware of what's causing all this. So uh, it's it's kind of a fundamental flaw, I think, of why we're in the problem that we're in right now. It's because we don't have practitioners that are like sort of the polymaths anymore. Mm. They sort of know everything, a little bit about everything, about how how all these different holistic areas of health make up you being a happy human and then having those discussions. Like that's just not what's what's currently happening. And I know a lot of healthcare practitioners in the system are very frustrated with that because they can't they can't have those discussions and. Uh, but it's all changing. I think um, that's why we're we're able to have podcasts and have conversations and blogs and share information, and people can experience new things for themselves. And I think, in a sense, become their own healthcare practitioner and get empowered. And that's I think where real change is going to happen. So now you two are are studying and really into uh, the sitting solution, which I'm sure is um, against sitting or, or proposes some alternative methods towards the standard, you know sitting nine point something hours a day or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, and, and so what's kind of sparking that passion? Is it, is it the physical therapy side or the, the global health side? Like where, where are you guys coming from, uh, writing this book? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, initially as physical therapists, uh, patients are coming to us all the time. I, we both actually specialize in treating the spine. So we see lots of herniated pain, okay. herniated yeah. discs, uh, bulging, bulging discs, uh, sciatica, shoulder pain and whatnot, neck pain. Um, and these people aren't coming to us because they're in traumatic uh, accidents or something pathological. It's just because they're sitting and they're they're right. putting themselves in poor positions all the time. And we see how that's affecting their health and kind of that path of pain, right? Like they have a pain. Um, they're told by the TV to take a pain reliever for that pain. It's not getting to the root of the issue. That pain reliever is uh, making their, their gut compromised in some way. The root of the issue gets worse. Something gets uh, – then then it becomes traumatic. Then they have to have surgery, and then it costs a lot of money, and things always don't, don't go well. Um, so we see it from that end. And in the past like three years, through like the blogosphere and, and articles and whatnot, we're seeing all these – you know, sitting is the new smoking. It's correlated with heart disease and cancer and diabetes and uh, all these other kind of more health issues. But when we talked, when we saw those issues being addressed, we, we saw the solutions not as something that was coming at it from our angle. You know, so we saw an opportunity to um, not only get up and move more and <clears throat> create more awareness around the problem, but also sort of restore uh, our postures and the way we've been moving because at the root of it, that's what we see is the kind of the issue that most people aren't quite aware of is that it's sitting is molding our bodies in these very compromised p- positions and it's causing us a lot of pain and, and a lot of suffering in a lot of ways that we're not really aware of. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, absolutely. I saw, um, you know, that famous viral Ted talk <clears throat> I'm sure we've all seen of where, yeah, she gives the famous sitting is the new smoking and, um, I mean, what an eye opener that is, but it's something like we, uh, we sit more than we sleep was the bigger one that jumped out to me. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. we're looking at the stats and whatever the average American or average global person sleeps is somewhere around, 
seven, just under eight hours, so like 7.7 hours, and we sit, on average, Mm -hmm. like 9.3 hours a day. I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. It is crazy. (laughs) Yes, and so I think that's something that, like Chad mentioned, um, you know, our knowledge, we've always known that sitting was was problematic, but just combined with the more, more recent information about um, the negative effects of sitting on our physiology and our health, we were just kind of blown away and just really realized, hey, you know, there's a lot of research coming out and saying, hey, we need, we need guidelines, we need, we need um, solutions here because this is a huge problem. And we kind of refer this um, in our book. We refer to chronic sitting as being a blind spot, just something that we're not really aware of that's yeah. really negatively affecting our health. And so we found it was an opportunity to bring awareness to it and create. Um, a comprehensive solution around the topic. Yeah, that's great because I'm excited to dive into this because um, I'm a chronic sitter. I sit a lot, man. Um, And (laughs) I I know how negative the effects are. Um, and, uh, but I just, it's kind of the path of least resistance. You know, the chair's there, boom, computer's there, do some work. But with these calls and with other things, you know, I try and stand. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure... You know, you two stand a lot, but I I definitely notice in myself way more mental clarity and um, not more energy, but more sustained energy. Definitely when I when I stand, so I'm excited to uh, I guess dive into this, and you guys can convince me to stop sitting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, good deal. We don't actually we don't uh, propose that people stop sitting. Okay, um, we just propose that they get up and move more. And then when they do move, move, move in more purposeful and intentional directions so you don't sort of become a victim of sitting. So we kind of look at it as sitting is inevitable in our culture. Right. Um, you know, you're going to go watch a movie. You're going to take a, a long car ride. You're probably going to have a meeting. Those are practical things. And, and you're honestly not probably at risk when you're doing those things. It's just it's some things that you have to do to make sure you don't fall victim to chronic sitting. And that's kind of what, we're, what we want to bring awareness to. Okay. So you're not saying um – Everyone listening to this who works a classic nine to five has to get a standing workstation, or else they're gonna die um, five years. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what we're saying. Yeah, and I think you know, definitely, and we, we we cover this in our book, but you know, organi- organizing yourself <clears throat> in the best possible position when you are sitting, as far as you know, ergonomics and body mechanics. Yes, it's great. We want to make sure we're sitting in the optimal position, you know, monitors in, in, in the correct place, mouses in, a, in an optimal place. All those things are great. Getting up and walking is great. Um, standing desks are, are a good option, but it's just not um, not addressing the, the full comprehensive uh, all of the issues associated with sitting. And, and so, you know, just so we can point out a couple of the things, I think. For people that are maybe unaware, is that we've we've identified five main problems associated with chronic sitting, and so probably the most obvious is experiencing acute and chronic pain. So you've probably sat for eight hours, and you know your back is killing you, your neck hurts, um, but also a decline in function as you age. So we've um, we've worked with the, uh, the elderly population quite a bit, and we see sort of the negative impact of this slumped forward head, rounded shoulder posture. Yeah. Um, and that creates, uh, you know, increased risk for falling as you age and, you know, people, uh, kind of sets you up for, <clears throat> for injuries in the shoulder. And, and we have, we have patients right now that aren't able to, you know, scratch their head because they're so mm-hmm. slumped over. Um, 
you know, the third one being, you know, with the more current research is developing uh, chronic disease conditions. So nobody ever, we didn't ever realize that sitting, you know, six to eight hours a day increased our risk for things like obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. That's just kind of a shocker right there. Sure. Um, And then increased mortality risk. Um, and then the fifth is a negative impact on emotions, behaviors, and hormone levels. So it's quite a comprehensive list of, of issues associated with this, with chronic sitting. So that's just one of the things that we want to kind of bring awareness to. Um, so what, I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, will benefit from, I guess, paying attention to that. Because I, I think in the paleo sphere, especially holistic <clears throat> health sphere, People aren't necessarily concerned about uh, quantity of life, you know, at the end of how long do they live in terms of years, but they're really focused on quality of life. You know, what do I want to be doing when I'm 60? Do I want to be the guy with oxygen getting pushed around or do I want to be the guy who's um, going to Bermuda on the weekend just for kicks. Um, right. And so, do you want to have a walker yeah. and a cane at, you know, at, at 70 or do you want to be upright and walking and being able to scratch your head, you know, cause yeah. that's, that's what we see. And so, um, you, so you guys are saying that if you don't want to end up like the guy who can't scratch his head, <laughs> that there are some things we can do today, uh, to kind of help prevent that from happening in the future. Right. 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 Like, we, we feel that like, Everyone deserves the right to be upright until the day they die, right? Like yeah. They shouldn't be hunched over losing function. It's not normal to lose function the way we're losing function. And pain is a big issue. A lot of people are yeah. in chronic pain yeah. just because of the poor positions and sustained positions they've been in for years upon years. Um, you know, we, we mentioned before that, that you know, sitting, sitting in, a, in a good position and standing desk and all those things are good solutions, but there are kind of <clears> two main issues that we see um, that need to be addressed when we're talking about chronic sitting, and that is the issue of stagnation and adaptation. And so we um, kind of formulated a solution around those things. Uh, Do you want to? Yeah. So, I mean, stagnation is simply, it's not moving. It's being sedentary. You know, you can, uh, that's really, from our perspective, what's contributing to all those chronic diseases like obesity, heart disease, and diabetes, and cancer. Right, because it's it's we're just not moving. We're not mm. we're not circulating blood. We're not uh, communicating nerves and, and contracting muscles like the way we're supposed to. You know, it's kind of I always kind of equate it to like water and nature. You know, like what's mm. the healthier body of water? Is yeah. it a stagnant pond or is it a flowing river? Right. And uh, when you look at our ancestors, they were never just sitting around. I mean, they were moving, picking things up and carrying and and uh, always going from one place to another. But they weren't stagnant like we are now. And the more we're learning. And I think most of the audience is probably aware of this. It's like if we go back to the way we're designed for, you know, particularly the way we're designed to eat, we, we notice a whole lot of things that are better. You know, if you, if you go back to the way you're designed to move, the same realities happen. If you, if you align your body, your posture, because it matters so much, it's a lot of magical things happen in your body. They start turning on like fat enzymes and uh, your cholesterol improves and your hormones balance and your bone density improves. So... Um, but that's the issue around stagnation. It's just the modern life that we, we live in. You know, from, from day one, our kids are put behind desk and they're, they're taking away recess now. You know? And then we, we drive in our cars and we sit and we, we go to college and we, we sit more. We get a job and we sit and then we, we retire. We just sit there. You know? and it's, it's, like it's contributing to everything in such a big way 
Um, so we need to move more. There's, there's no other way around it. Um, we can choose better positions just by sitting all we want, but we have to create a workspace where we really encourage more movement throughout the day. And it can't be like I sit down at work for six to eight hours and then I go work out. And then I hope I'm kind of, yeah. you know, removing all the negative effects of sitting I do, because I do sprint intervals till I'm blue in the face and now <laughs> right, right. Well, the what's really um, kind of blow, you know, mind blowing here is that some of the research that we came across is that even if you sit for six to eight hours a day and you go and you exercise as recommended by the American Heart Association, so you know you're. 30 or so minutes of moderate intensity exercise five days a week, you are still at risk for developing those chronic disease conditions. So it, it, that was a huge, a huge um, shocker. You can't exercise your way out of the negative effects of chronic sitting for eight hours. Um, so that's the huge point that we wanted to get across as well. So taking, um, so, so going back to, you know, that stagnation and adaptation, you know, we're doing things like, getting up and walking that addresses the stagnation piece. Um, and you know, but the other part that we feel is incredibly necessary is the the issue of adaptation. And so when we're talking about adaptation is there's certain, and this is what we, we see as physical therapists, there's certain muscles that get weakened and shortened and certain joints that get um, restricted when we're sitting in a certain way, you generally the slumped forward head rounded shoulder position that sets us up for chronic pain and loss of function. So not only do we need to move, but we need to move in purposeful and intentional ways to offset this adaptation that generally occurs from the chronic sitting. So we've kind of taken those two things and two categories there and created a uh, program around, um, around that. And so, um, you know, and we've also taken the current research showing some of the studies kind of how often do we move and how, how, um, you know, how, how, what are the intervals that we need to move in? So what directions? And what directions based on, you know, adaptation do we need to move? So that's kind of how we've created our program. Okay. So move it, move it or lose it, I guess. Um, And, you know, when we're sitting all day, it's amazing how adaptable our bodies are, right? You go to yoga and after three months, you could do what you couldn't do the first day and you can get in all these different positions and, you know, contort yourself to fit in a box or whatever, if you're really good. But then there's the other end of the spectrum where if you're not moving and you're not doing that, well, your body adapts. And so if you're sitting all day right. in that posture, yeah, you're going to get a um, some back pain. You're going to get, you know, hyperextension in the back and then shortened, uh-huh. weak core and, you know, right, right. all the, the glutes turn off and you got to turn that back on. And it's not just going to happen, what you're saying, in uh, 30 minutes, an hour a day, three times a week or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Right. Exactly. I think that's that's one of the what we see that you know because we also have a gym. We have clients come in and um, you know we work on mobility and stuff. But it's hard to really see changes in mobility when you're only working on it for just like an hour a day or even like thirty minutes a day. It's got to be sort of bringing awareness of it throughout the day, understanding when your body's in a bad position, and then correcting it in the moment. Yeah. So that's the whole thing is is move more in the moment and in, in, in that right direction. So okay. Um, do you guys do any more like movement screenings at your gym and stuff like that? Like functional movement screenings and, um, stuff for mobility like that? Yeah. Whenever, every time someone comes in, that's the first thing we have them do. So it's a head to toe movement screen. 
you know, looking at things like dorsiflexion yeah. in the ankles, uh, looking at the hips, side bending left and right, looking at bending forward and backwards, side bending, really looking a lot at thoracic rotation, um, internal external rotation of the shoulder, um, and seeing, and then going through movements, right? Like, can or can they not get in that position? Can they squat or can they not squat? Can they perform a good push up? without having their shoulders internally rotate, can't they? And then what's the issue behind that? You know, so is it a mobility type issue? Is it a a strength issue or just some neurological pattern that they don't know how to do? And that, that's another issue about this whole thing is that like people have forgotten how to move. Like they really have forgotten, uh, how to pick things up or how to put things over their head. Uh, and that's, it leads to more injuries because they're picking things up and putting things over their head in that poor compromised slouch position. And like, just the whole wiring system is not communicating, you know, so it just leads to more problems. So the gym is great because we have to correct yeah. a lot of stuff. It's fun. I'm sure um, with a lot of people you put through that screening, you know, they have trouble getting in that squatting position, that uh, primal squat, some people call it, or the toddler squat, others call it, where, you know, you're flat footed and you get down. Um, a lot of people come up onto their the forefront of their feet and mm-hmm. they, they squat like that. Um, and they kind of hinge over and maybe it's because they're wearing jeans that are tighter than yoga pants. But another part's probably the fact that their uh, muscles are just can't get into that position for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, that's actually one of the most um, we call it the womb squat, but that's one of the, the best positions to put your body in every single day, not just for you know, joint mobility, but just for digestion and just for longevity. We have that. Uh, that's one of the exercises or positions that we have in our book. It covers so much too, yeah. like hip mobility and ankle mobility and uh, just the whole pelvic floor has to open up. It's, it's a fantastic movement, but we never go in that position. So we, we adapt we lose in a it. way. Yeah, yeah, we lose it. So before, um, I guess we start getting into some more uh, practical stuff that people can do at home. I know that uh, pain is a huge thing, and a lot of people, you know, L four, L five injuries are like what the number one area for pain, and people <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. probably come to you left and right with sciatic nerve problems or you know herniated discs or whatever. Um, so, how would you go about addressing back pain specifically? Um, well. Specifically for back pain, just, you know, generally speaking, um, we, a lot of the injuries, like you're the typical injury, we see a lot of disc bulges and herniations, and that's often because of um, repeated flexion. So repeated bending over and picking things up in poor positions or sitting in a slump position. So when we do so, um, the, the disc uh, starts to protrude posteriorly and, and bulges. So, you know, one thing, you know, is uh, obviously position, posture, and movement patterns. But the other thing is is really working on keeping a strong core and back and really working on um, hip mobility as well as flexibility of things like your hip flexors, hamstrings. Um, and we actually... Um, funny that you say that. In our sitting solution um, program, one of our bonuses is um, is a is a great little exercise routine about treating back pain. Mm. And some of the most key exercises to implement to prevent back pain and to treat back pain. So we've got, I think, it's seven or so uh, key exercises for back pain. So that's one of our bonus materials in our our new book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, go I was going to kind of expand just a little bit more. Um, well, one of the things we're looking for when people do have pain is is how we kind of dive into their history a little bit and what they're doing, what they're up to. And we find out usually they're sitting all day or moving in a certain direction under a certain load. The correction for most people is is going the opposite direction. Right. It's right. it's like finding the right direction and the right load to readapt their body to take away that stress, to take away that pain. So like what Brenda's referring to there, like the disc, you know, we're always bending forward, kind of compromising that that spine where we have a rounded back. It's no longer set because we've forgotten how to move correctly. But that causes that disc to start moving posteriorly. So very often we find that if we move the spine in the opposite direction, if we bend it backwards. So into um, extension. Into more extension, we, we move that disc back in more anteriorly. And it takes the pressure off the nerve coming from that disc and that sciatico or that weakness goes away instantly. Like we, we have very many cases where, you know, we'll do muscle testing on a patient and we'll find they're very weak in one leg and then we'll move them in a certain direction under a certain load and then we retest and they're immediately stronger. So that's, that's a great moment because the patient then has an aha moment and they can go, oh, now it's starting to make sense. I'm having this pain because of the position that I've been in repeatedly moving in this way. And now I'm understanding that if I've repeatedly moved in the other direction, it's changing things internally and I feel less pain and now I'm noticing I'm stronger and I don't have a tingling down my legs. Sure. You know, so it's that type of information that we want to, we have <laughs> taken this all to the sitting solution and really trying to get people to understand some key principles. And if people understand these key principles, they can learn to manage themselves a lot better, you know, perform that basic maintenance that they need to. So what about with, uh, more severe cases of back pain like is is surgery ever a good idea or i even know they have um cortisone shots that they inject which are another story um (laughs) but you know you know with like the severe stuff like my dad had severe back pain a sciatic nerve issue where um his disc was bulged out or something was pinching on it and literally on like bed rest like he was limping around and um you know, used to swim. He wasn't like a overweight, uh, inactive guy. I mean, he was probably the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, in cases like that, I'm sure I've, I've even gotten emails from some people about back pain and I have no clue what, what to say to them, um, other than look into the sitting solution. But, um, is surgery ever a good option? I, I mean, there are definitely situations where, you know, someone has to undergo surgery because they were losing, function in their lower extremities or they've got, you know, severe, you know, pain down the leg, those types of things. But I would never say, um, you know, that is something to jump to, um, right away. I think, you know, this is, um, there's physical therapists and other chiropractors and practitioners that specialize in what, uh, what we call the McKinsey method of treating the spine. And these, Individuals are very, very well versed in being able to um, deal with very uh, serious um, back pain and back issues. So, my recommendation would be to seek out, and there is a worldwide um, organization, and you can find a practitioner going to the McKinsey um, uh, website and um, finding a practitioner. That would be my first recommendation if you are having some severe issues and you've tried, you know, the general back pain protocol and you've tried some things and it's just, you know, anytime you're talking about pain, that's radiating down the leg or you're losing function. And if you're losing function of bowels or bladder, then that's an emergency you want to go and you might have to have emergency surgery at that point. But, um, I've seen some, I've seen some, I mean, tremendous, um, 
recoveries of, you know, I had a patient with, you know, radiating leg pain all the way down, could hardly walk, couldn't really walk. And then we're able just by doing particular movements under particular loads to get that disc pushed back in. Um, so seeing somebody that's really um, highly educated and, mm-hmm. like I said, a McKinsey um, therapist uh, is someone that I would highly recommend seeing in that particular situation before jumping right into surgery. And that McKinsey therapist can discern very well um, whether it's a, you know, it, it's a mechanical source of pain, meaning it's something that they can that they can handle and something they can work with, or if it's a chemical. Um, uh, origin of pain, meaning that person is going to require an injection or some sort of chemical intervention to be able to decrease the pain um, and then you know proceed with therapy or if they're going to indeed have to have surgery. So that would be my recommendation. Okay. But you've definitely seen some turnarounds then just from uh, yeah. all is not lost. The stuff we're talking about does actually uh, come into practice with more severe cases. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I think a message I'd like to kind of get across to the masses. I think it's very scary when you have pain that radiates down the leg Yeah, and it's, it's like, okay, I'm going to go see my doctor. And then the doctor says, okay, injection and then surgery. And I would say that that is, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, necessary (laughs) in all situations. I think that going to somebody and a lot of the doctors aren't aware of, you know, the education that some of these, you know, physical therapists and and other musculoskeletal practitioners have to be able to treat those non-invasively. Yeah, especially in the acute phase. Yeah. Like, that's where we see a lot of problems, like the snipping right away. Like, Like jumping into surgery right away. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's just let things calm down a little bit and see what happens. Because I know, like, the cortisone shots, those can actually make it worse, right? Like, they... uh, basically wipe out everything in hopes it grows back normal. Is that how well, yeah, work? Yeah, corti- yeah, cortisone can, can weaken the tissue, especially multiple injections over time. Um, and again, not necessarily getting to the root issue, but sometimes there are situations where there's so much inflammation um, and so much uh, chemically derived pain that that <clears throat> is, is necessary to to get an injection to have everything calm down. And then people that deal with uh, the musculoskeletal system and the mechanics can actually um, do their work and, and the exercises and movements can be beneficial after that's calmed down versus, you know, just doing the injection and then doing nothing afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. what about um, more alternative methods to treating uh, back pain or, or posture such as like massages? Have you seen any effectiveness with uh, people going in for, I guess, weekly massages? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first place I worked, we had a massage therapist on site, and that was great. And I, I think there's a lot goes that goes into why massage therapy is so beneficial, but I think a big part of it is kind of a calming of the nervous system and allowing the tissue to sort of just relax a little bit, you know, to kind of to kind of make it more. Uh, loose in there because so many people hold on to so much tension and they're not quite aware. Like there's a, it's very often kind of an emotional component to back pain. Like we're sort of, mm, we sort of definitely. hold on to things in certain areas and our, our muscles tense up in that area and rather than allow space for healing and kind of let the inflammation go away on its own, um, we resist it and we hold on to it. So I've noticed that massage therapy is very good for, for helping people, especially people that are 
kind of having those more emotional holding on mm. back pain issues to sort of calm down. Yeah. And then that external, you know, hand modality comes in and loosens everything up. And it's, it's kind of like external cortisone in a way. Like you can, you, you just soften that tissue up and then it's a great time to start doing some more exercises and mobility type work to where you can get more change in a better way. So the first place I worked, it was physical therapy, massage and chiropractic and we had a lot of patients kind of go through all of those modalities, and it was a great way to to kind of holistically approach all spinal pain. So I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, and I think one thing to recognize, too, is just massages are great, but it's also um, it can be very helpful in preventing back pain and treating back pain. But it's also going back to the original like root of the issue. Like, are you addressing the way that you're sitting and moving? So that's just something to to think about also in terms of like any modality, because I've also seen, you know, chiropractic be chiropractic care be beneficial at times and uh, things like acupuncture. But with all of those things going back to the original, like, how are you moving? How are you living? You know, the rest of the time, are you going to get your massage and then you're slumping eight hours in your chair? You're going to be going to that massage therapist for the rest of your life. Yeah. Forever. So it's just important to realize that, but I, we have seen, you know, some of the alternative modalities be very helpful. Another thing too, that I'm, that I'm really big into is, um, medicinal and therapeutic grade essential oils. Hmm. And I've noticed that, um, those be very, very, very helpful with, um, any kind of pain issue. Um, I'm also, um, certified in an in aroma touch okay. technique, which is a, a therapeutic application of oils along the spine to really help balance the autonomic nervous system and low stress and toxicity. And that can be really helpful in treating any kind of spinal pain as well. What kind of oils do you use? Um, I use doTERRA uh, certified pure therapeutic grade essential oils. Okay. Is, is that and those are some of the highest can, can buy at home or is there any kind that like if someone's going for more of a do-it-yourself uh, style approach? Yeah, well, they are, um, you know, that's something that we sell um, through, I sell through my website. Um, they can't be, you don't generally purchase them in the stores. Um, they are purchased through individual wellness advocates like myself. So um, I'm happy to talk with anyone that wants to pursue that a little bit more. There are certain oils that are really helpful Um like certain blends that are really helpful for disc herniations and, um, you know, like balance or a blend called deep blue. That's really helpful with any sort of pain Mm -hmm. that have natural anti-inflammatories, um, and natural analgesics with no toxic excipients. Um, so I'm very, a big proponent of using oils in conjunction with any pain condition. Very cool. No, that's awesome. We haven't had anyone talk about that on the show before. So, um, yeah, I love it. Okay, Cool. And they can, (laughs) contact you if they want to know more because i know some people probably will absolutely absolutely excellent um have you guys before we really you know dive into uh the i guess things that you recommend and i don't know if they're stretching or or a mixture of that um i I just wanted your opinion on um shoes and footwear have you seen any correlations um whether it be you know with minimalist shoes or high heels or flip-flops or whatever with uh pain or any sort of you know posture disorders yeah definitely and we've seen this both in the clinic and in the gym so if there's one thing i think people there's a lot of things actually but a huge area that people are lacking is that dorsiflexion is ankle mobility so uh, what that is is if you had your foot flat and you translated your knee forward past your foot it's how far can you do that 
right? And most people have completely lost that, that range of motion in their ankle because of wearing cushion shoe, shoes and high-heeled shoes for most of their life. So this is a big issue because when you don't have full range of motion in your ankle, it's going to compromise everything up the chain from your knees to your hips to your back to your shoulders, even to your neck. And it's what compromises your position to, um, say, get into a squat or get into to the right position to pick, pick something up like a deadlift or put something over your head even. Um, ankle mobility is a huge deal. So I'm a big uh, believer in minimalistic shoes or just flat-soled shoes. I, uh, I wear like chucks all the time, and I do great with them. And the other thing is making sure that when you do walk, you're walking with your feet forward and you're not towing out. So the person that's towing out is towing out because they're avoiding that that dorsiflexion range of motion they don't have it and what's what's happening there is they're externally rotating their hips and you're immediately going to see a compromise in the pelvis it's going to tilt um more more than likely in a forward direction you're going to get an arch in the back all of that coming from just not having range of motion in the ankle so it's critical so um something i do that works really really well for me is um, i always work out barefoot a whole lot with kettlebells and also go for walks, um, like 20, 30 minute walks every day barefoot. People kind of think I'm weird around this neighborhood, but <laughs> it's great for your ankle health you know, and, and getting that tissue. And that's, that's, how, that's what you're supposed to have in your ankle. But when we take that away, by always wearing high heeled shoes or cushioned shoes, we, our body adapts and we lose that ability to get in that position and it affects all movements that we do throughout our life. So it sets you up for pain. Okay, great. Well, Chad and Brenda, if I went and picked up the sitting solution, I heard this call and I was inspired to get it, um, and I went to the back of the book or, or wherever the solution part is, and I looked for more of the um, stretches or recommendations that you guys have in there, what what are some things I would find? Well, the first thing uh, is a general recommendation. So, you know, based on that research, we were asking those questions, how often should we move? And then when we do move, how long should we move to prevent things like you know, stagnation and adaptation from occurring? So we have some general guidelines, which is move at least every 30 to 45 minutes for a period of two to four minutes. And when you do move, move in specific and intentional directions. And then in terms of finding out what directions to move, it's important to understand what we're talking about in that sitting posture. In other words, what areas are getting great? And, uh, and shortened and what areas are getting lengthened and weak. Yeah. And then we've created basically what you'll find is we have over 70 or so exercises and we've created um, five different programs for, um, you know, different work settings, um, really focusing on, like you said, you know, if we're talking about a eight to five or nine to five work day. So we have, um, you know, every 45 minutes we have created these little uh, couplets or triplets, little little workout programs are um, be done at your desk or wherever you're working so that you're moving in those intentional, um, specific directions to offset the negative um, effects of sitting. So, like I said, moving two to four minutes every 45 minutes, and we've created programs, like five different programs, some with um, no equipment, some with minimal equipment, and then some with, you know, things like a kettlebell, a foam roller. Um, so some people have more um, work from home or have the ability to to use the use more equipment in their workspace. So we've kind of tried to figure out, you know, everybody, you know, an option for everyone. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like with five different programs or something in there. 
Um, I wasn't aware that there was actual programs in there. That's really cool. So I can yes. just go to the back and find which one works for, uh, let's just say, my 9 to 5 and then try it out. Yeah, yeah. You can have it laid out there for you right there where you can just see the program and follow along. And there's there's clicks and you'll you'll be led to a video uh, for each movement that will give you instruction on that movement. And there's also a demonstration uh, for each sort of couplet and triplet that Brenda was talking about where you can follow along. Um, and you can also go to our site and everything is listed out there for you as well, where you can just click on the video and see the instruction and the vid- and the uh, the demonstration. So you have that option as well. Then you'll have all of those exercises are we have written out descriptions of things that you want to look for, what the intention behind the, the movement is, and, and uh, more more pictures to kind of help you. So we really wanted to make every possible. Uh, solution we could for for every scenario because we see that all the time with our patients like some people work in the situation some people don't have much space some people travel for long periods of time right and we we wanted to have something for everybody okay yeah and um if you could you know someone's listening to this and they want to do something right now they're at work they say okay you know i got my uh 45 minutes coming up now i got to get my two to three minutes of movement in um, what would you recommend them do? Is there a stretch or is there um, a movement that they can do that's kind of a catch-all? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and tell you one of them that I love a lot. So uh, probably my favorite is the crucifix stretch. So a crucifix stretch is if you're in standing and you have your feet together, pointed forward, and you lock your legs straight and you oh. squeeze your butt then squeeze your stomach, now you can begin the movements. You're going to have your arms to the side and then bring them out all the way where they're going out to the side with your thumb pointing behind you, right, in that direction. So that's getting external rotation. Like in a T-shape. Okay. Like in a T-shape. And at that same time, you're going to keep your, your chin parallel to the ground and retract your head back. And you're going to, at the same time, get some thoracic extension in there. Um so that and you kind of just squeeze for about three seconds while you squeeze your butt and lock your legs straight and squeeze in your stomach and then go back to that starting position and then repeat. I'm Thumbs doing it right behind now. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kinda of hard to explain it without is, seeing yeah. it. Yeah. And this is sort of something we come we run into with podcasts. It's like we should do a video. Yeah, I'm um, I'm doing it right now. That's that that feels good. I like the uh it's supposed to stretch your shoulders, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're activating your your posterior chain or your glutes and your upper back and, uh, you know, retracting your neck. So everything that kind of gets weak when you're sitting and everything, you know, kind of going the opposite direction of slumping. So you're activating your posterior chain. Yeah. So it's a good global um, exercise for the whole body. And something that you can pair that with is that womb squat or I forget what you referred it to, but the same thing, like do that crucifix stretch for 30 seconds, you know, go back and go back to the starting position, retract back, back to the starting position for 30 seconds, and then spend 30 seconds in that bottom womb squat position. So that's one minute and then do one more minute of that. So two rounds of that and that two minutes, you'll get more done in that two minutes than you will. Had you just gone for a two minute walk, like significantly more because you're, you're, you're more efficient and intentional with your movement, right? You're externally rotating, you're opening up your pecs, you're extending your thoracic and cervical spine. You're activating your glutes and your core. You're activating your legs. And then you're going down in that deep squat. Opening up ex- the hips and the ankles. Opening up the hips and the ankles. So that's the kind of things that we're talking about. And then, you know, we're, we're promoting, you know, those little two to three minute couplets and those little routines and combine that with a walk, then get back to work. And what we're finding is that people 
feel better and they're more creative and more effective when they do come back to work. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. my new stretch right there. <laughs> it's just a money stretch. We, uh, we have to give props on that stretch to Brett Contrast, if you know who that is. We got that idea from him, and it's, it's a fantastic one. Awesome. Well, Brenda, uh, Chad, if people want to learn more about your work and, and what you do, where's the best place to find out about that? I'd say the best place right now is uh, sittingsolution.com. It's not the sittingsolution.com. It's just sittingsolution.com, and that's where um, we're about to have a whole whole site that's going to be launched here pretty soon. So that's where I want to direct people the most. But we also have uh, the paleosecret.com, which is where we have more about our story, um, kind of our views on health, uh, a lot about fitness, nutrition, recipes, recipes, uh, just just everything we've been sharing for the past like three or four years. I have a warm up routine on there as well that I like. So, um, okay. We just love this stuff. So, but those two places are there are definitely the way to go. So the paleo solution.com and then sitting solution.com. The paleo secret. Oh, the paleo secret solutions. You my boy, uh, Joe Salama. I'm used to saying oh, nice. that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then sitting solution.com. Okay. Yeah. So the sitting solution, that domain taken. Someone yeah, nabbed it, it already. Oh, yeah, that's the yeah. worst. He's just sitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a thing, man. People make big money on that. Uh, I guess it's domain squatting, they call it, or whatever. And it's where they just buy up tons and tons of yeah. domains and try and sell them back to you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Someone's doing it to us. I've had, well, <laughs> if you go to like GoDaddy, and this is for everyone out there too, if you're launching a site, be sure you're ready to buy the domain as soon as you type it because people have these softwares where they look at what you're typing and they'll buy it as soon as you type it. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. So if you don't have your credit card out ready to buy that domain, don't even search it to see if it's open oh, because someone will, someone will nab it. I had like three go that way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have no idea. I know. That's the domain solution. My new book coming up. <laughs> good stuff oh man chad brenda this was fun guys i appreciate you coming on the call um thanks for coming on sure thanks for having us it was fun thanks clark we appreciate it Cut right there. Bada bing, bada awesome. boom. Awesome. Bada bing, man. Yeah, Let's we're good. That was good. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. You asked great questions. Hey, yeah. thanks, guys. I, I loved your responses, and you got a calm energy about you. That's really nice. Oh, thank you. That's good. We try. <laughs> <laughs> try to keep it real. Well, you save it for those 225 snatches in the gym, right, Chad? I saw those on YouTube. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. I haven't, you know, I have not snatched in a long time. I, I, I fell in love with kettlebells like the past. Oh, cool. Uh, past like nine months, I've just been doing nothing but kettlebells. Yeah, me too. I love it. Wow. And I did the RKC, and uh, I feel so much better. I mean, I love Olympic lifting, and I'm sure I'll come back to it one day. But after a while, like my knees were sort of kind of getting a little achy, yeah. you know, like that high impact, just absorbing that load all yeah. the time. Um, 
I mean, I love it. <laughs> it's just, it's just my body was like, I need to slow down a little bit. So then I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So now so you switch to kettlebells. Yeah. And I just freaking love them. Oh, cool. Man. Um, yeah. And, and that's what, what our, our goal is down the road is to like create this online sort of kettlebell gym where I yeah. can teach people how to, how to do some stuff from home. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what we've been doing. I got all this equipment and <laughs> all I use is the kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the ones that are um, zombie kettlebells or gorilla kettlebells? Yeah, from Onnit. Yeah, those are cool, huh? Those are awesome. Those are uh, rad, man. It's this giant gorilla <laughs> face, and it's like your kettlebell. Yeah, they're angry looking. Yeah. Um,